Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 423. My name is Eric Nilsson, and with me today I have my special co-host, Katie Bradley. Today's Wednesday, February 21st, 2018. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be sitting in John White's seat, wherever he may be. I hope he's watching. I think he has a real job, and he has to go be, <laughs> be an SE out in out in the Bay Area selling selling good stuff. So I know yeah. I'm lucky. I work right. for you, so I you know yeah. don't have to worry about that. That's right. We're just a social <laughs> and communities team. On the podcast today, we have Mimi Spear, Vice President of IoT and uh, for, for marketing, and we're going to be talking about IoT. So she's in with us. Uh, Mimi, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Glad to be here. Great. We're going to do a little bit of news first, and we can say hello to all the people on live stream out there on Facebook. How you guys doing? Good to always to have you pop in and take a look at us, see what we actually look like. And Katie Bradley's in front of the cameras today, which is great, so appreciate that. Um, so uh, getting on to the news and what's happening first, Katie, do you got a, a, a Bay Area report for us? Yeah, so the Bay is looking crisp clear, relatively blue-green, but very cold. Very cold. It's cold here. Yeah. Cold 60s. Yeah, yeah cold, cold 60s cold for all, 60s. The, all, those, all my friends in Wisconsin. It's, yeah. not, it's not, not cold, cold. But, but we feel it's cold. Mimi, you're from the Bay Area, right? I have been here for a long time, so I feel like I am, but I'm actually from the Midwest. Ah, so oh. I know what cold is like, but St. Louis wasn't <laughs> that cold. So. I think everybody from California is from somewhere else. I, yeah. I grew up in Ohio, and then I, you know, family in Wisconsin, and so yeah. you know, is that west or is that central or is That's it you know east? east. Uh, yeah, exactly. East but central. I don't know how many people are actually are native Californians other than my kids now. Right? I know, I know, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Although I so, feel like it. So uh, getting onto the news, I don't have much news, Katie Bradley, to to talk through, and John White, our our news expert, is off doing what he does, but uh, Call for Papers is out for VMworld. That's right. the only thing I really know uh, is that Call for Papers is out and the V-Expert nominations are in and they're processing them, and so should be a good year, and we're into our now first month of 2018. Yeah, and uh, I always have to play uh, the advocate for V Brown Bag Tech Talks, so if you're submitting for Call for Papers, your paper gets declined, you'll probably be hearing from us, or if you are holding off for V Brown Bag Tech Talks, we'll be releasing um, a call for content there um, as soon as this initial call for content closes. Great, great, great. And uh, we get, we do have to say that thanks to everybody that has been supporting uh, VMTN and V Brown Bag and the whole community members. We looked at the end of year numbers uh, for 20, 2017 and the end of year numbers for, for VMTN are up by what, 20, 24, 25%? Yeah, 21%. I, I round that up. I'm a yeah. marketing guy. That's, we're that's we're like, up by that's 40. Yeah. Yeah, right. uh, but, but, but it's great, up yeah, 20% super year over year yeah. uh, in comparison to VMTN numbers in the past where we have been sliding, right? You know, yeah, two yeah. or 3% per year down, um, coming back up to um, 20, 20 plus percent growth. Uh, is good, and I think in Q4 the number, the growth number is like at 40 percent. So we had a really yeah. good over the holiday. We ran special things with the hands-on labs, so yeah. people were able to come in and participate in VMTN on hands-on lab giveaways, and so that was cool. Did we ever give anything away? Yeah, so we selected five winners, and we're shipping them their Amazon Echo Dots. 
Very fun. Very, very fun. Cool. Yeah. The prize of fun. Okay, so uh, enough with the news and enough with the chit-chat. So let's get to the uh, Internet of Things uh, with, with Mimi. So uh, Mimi, before we, you know, we're a community podcast, so maybe you can talk a little bit about yourself. So if people run into you at VMworld, they'll, they'll know I know this person. How, how long have you been working in the industry, in IT? You know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Thanks. So I have been around for a while, over, gosh, 20 years, which is crazy. And most of my career has been in enterprise software. So I've been mostly focused on what was called business intelligence, and then it was analytics, and then it was big data. And I almost feel like big data is now turned into IoT. So I've been kind of, you know, that has been my expertise for the majority of my career. And I've been so lucky to also have been driving for most of the companies I've worked with, like SAP and Oracle and Business Objects and others. Uh, I've been, um, most of my career, I've been driving the innovation. So I've been responsible for either marketing or product management or uh, somewhere around the strategy and business development of what are we going to do next. Uh, so I did that at SAP for big data, which was really uh, exciting. I was there for, you know, gosh, seven or eight years. Um, and I did that for a startup where I kind of figured out the next generation of their product line. And uh, at VMware, I have been lucky enough to start the IoT Internet of Things business unit, and I'm responsible for the business of Internet of Things at VMware. Oh, very, very good, very good. Wow. It, it's interesting you, you talk a, a little bit about that. Um, we we experienced similar things in social where in the in the 1990s, uh, social was just not an industry. It was not anything. It was it was what we hacked around doing because it was fun to share things online. We ran BBSs. The Internet showed up, and the next thing you know, we could actually build these little share sites. And then, you know, in the early 2000s, it became communities, right? And it became like an industry where all of a sudden guys that were doing this, you know, could actually get a career going or at least get a job, right, doing it versus whatever your day job was. And then over, you know, then social media came in 2007, 2008. And the next thing you know, it's like the hottest thing around. And you actually have a real career. You could, you could be a VP if you wanted to. Right? That's right. I, I don't want to lose that much <laughs> of my brain quite yet. So I'll stay away from that role. It but does kill the brain. It, it, it is kind sure. of the same thing where you've seen this grow up. Where yeah. It was like big data. People didn't really understand what it is. But it's, it's getting more popular. And all of a sudden, big data is coming from all these different devices all over the place. And all of a sudden, it's a real business. That's right? correct. That's yeah, yeah. And I think technology has come so far, like you said, that now we are actually able to do something with the data. So we have the network connectivity. We have the speed in which we can collect the data. We have the volume in which we can collect the data. Uh, and we have the sophisticated, you know, predictive and machine learning analytics that actually, you know, provide the insights to actually change business and change the outcome. So I think with all of that, you now have this huge opportunity in IoT across all these industries and everyone's saying, how do I do this? How do I really innovate and become the next generation of my industry? Yeah, and and getting back to that industry a little bit, like we see that um, in the days when uh, we were building communities from 2005 to 2015, uh, the idea of having community members actually you know, harnessing that, those answers and harnessing that big data to affect business was almost like taboo because we were selling support services and we were selling support contracts and we were selling ways to do this. But it's kind of like when you look at Uber and crowdsourcing and everything, all of a sudden it becomes this thing where all of a sudden everybody realizes, wait. This is the way the world is going. You have data everywhere. You have people collaborating with these data. Uh, we should 
change our business model to actually operate this way versus the way we used to operate. That's right. And what you're seeing is that industries are monetizing on different things. And they're realizing the value they bring to the world is actually beyond just either the things they're manufacturing or the service or utility that they're offering. And so as companies kind of turn their businesses on their side, leveraging that data and monetizing things differently, you know, all sorts of new things are happening in the world. So how long have you been at VMware then? Uh, I've been here, it's been, gosh, I think three and a half years. All right, good. What do you think of the place? I think it's great. You know, VMware is a unique place. Uh, I was, came from SAP, which is a fabulous place. Uh, and SAP people will, will recognize this, but when you walk in to an SAP customer, you don't know if they want to throw an egg at you or they want to hug you. They all are committed to you. You know that. But sometimes they are not as happy to see you. Right. Whereas VMware, it reminds, it's cold. I mean, our customers love us. I just can't believe the commitment and um, the respect and the credibility that we have coming in, you know, with the quality of the products that we bring to the table, now being able to enter into a new space like IoT, we actually are doing this and people are trusting us to take them to where they need to go in the infrastructure because we're still focused on the infrastructure for IoT. Right, right, right. Okay, so, um, yeah, we've talked about now you a little bit. We've talked a little bit about the industry. Um, and where do you see the, the – you talk a little bit about big data and the industry there. Uh, on the device side, right, uh, are these players actually getting into the device markets as well? Or do the big data and the device people kind of get together? How is this industry kind of maturing from a so, device perspective? Yeah, so what's very interesting in general about the IoT industry is that you've never seen an ecosystem system willing to play together as much as I've ever seen for compared to anything else. So in IoT, it is an ecosystem play. Everybody knows they have to play together. And a good example of that is device manufacturers, whether it be gateway manufacturers that are building gateways that go on walls or inside things in kind of an embedded compute way, or if it's actual thing manufacturers, both of those are partnering with kind of the analytics and the IoT platform providers or they're building it sometimes themselves, because it is required for us all to play together. Right. It really is. So all these devices that are out there, they all have OSs, I assume, or they have some type of software that has to be managed, right? Not I mean, everything. So, you know, VMware actually is taking a very specific stand to say that anything connected to a network of any sort, whether it's inside the firewall or outside, uh, it should be a manageable object or device. Right. Um, Sensors and things like that don't always have an operating system. And so our recommendation is that they should be connected through something that does have an operating system and is a manageable device, like a gateway or an embedded compute that might be inside a surveillance camera or a car or something right. like that. Right, and this is this is important when we have these security beaches. Even the Intel, right. you know, uh, predictive predictive CPU, you know, uh, pipeline bugs that showed up where you can actually trick the AI engine to go load other things because it's trying to predict what's there. Now you right. would never think you would need some kind of way to control your firmware, right, and update your firmware because you think it's just from Intel as a chip, but then it turns out all of a sudden we have issues and you know I've you know you have to, you have to update it you have to you have to manage it you have to manage it so there's there's things happening where companies are investing in more IOT type of infrastructure or devices uh, the more that they have and the more connected to the network the more risk that they have so and they also the more manual types of updates will be required you know and so it does make sense 
to start as an enterprise to invest in right. a management solution that can help them have visibility into all of their devices, be able to you know push the software updates, and also be able to monitor them because now they're relying on the data that's coming from them to actually make their business decisions. And so they need to have access to that. And taking it down to the community level a little bit, it is actually really scary, right? Because um, I have friends who are hardware engineers, right, who have worked at Microsoft for Xbox and at just at different places. And uh, what they tell me are these stories where they're all panicking because you have to update these devices, right? Um, you can brick them. Right, and if you brick a device, right. you now and the question is how many devices you got out there. If you have a four hundred thousand devices out there, and you somehow make a mistake and you brick those devices, you don't even you could wipe out the company in That's one right. cell upswell update, just like you know, done. That's right, and you bring up a really good point because you know uh, there's also the point of the network. So if one device gets hacked into, it could expose the entire network, and so things like NSX or having you know, network uh, virtualization and micro-segmentation is also really important from the edge you know, back to the cloud or wherever you're storing that data so that you can, you know, if something does happen, you at least have a secondary way of controlling it. Yeah. So we're touching on kind of the value props of what, why we need software here, right? Yes. Like, like, because yes. I, I look at little devices, a little arm, I'm like, why do we need this? But then you start talking to the hardware vendors, you start talking to the, the data people, and, and you realize that, yeah, this is a big complex you know environment that you have to you have to deal with right okay. and and you could put your company out of business very easily if you do something wrong security issues can put you out of business that you know it can be it can be problematic across the board and as a ceo or some people that are trying to figure out a plan to manage this stuff and manage the risk and, and make money because there's a lot of activity a lot of upside to it you do have to start looking to some big vendors to provide some solutions in this space that's, that's correct. And, you know, the other big trend that I see because, you know, you, this is just complex, as you said. It's hard. It's complex. But you're talking about a lot of different types of devices. Uh, many of them are, you know, very different, heterogeneous, you know, being used for different purposes. And so we also see that enterprises need to look at their entire infrastructure architecture when they're starting to invest in IoT because right now they pretty much have either their private cloud or their mega, you know, public yeah. cloud. They have all their applications there. And what we're seeing is that as data is generated at the edge and more data is being generated, they actually are going to want not only to have more devices there, but they're going to want to have more edge compute or micro data centers yeah. or ways to collect that data, maybe get rid of some of that data and then send it back to the cloud. So entire architectures are changing because of IoT. Yeah, and I get back to NSX and security and that kind of stuff. But we'll talk a little bit now about our footprint. But one last thing on the on the fun story bit, like uh, hearing about one of the largest hacks that happened. It was the baby monitor hack where people went through and the guys, you know, hacked the ARM devices that are doing baby monitoring just to go off and they're internet connected. So if they're internet connected, they're right. a CPU, and it turns out there's like three million of them deployed, and so they hacked them all and uh, had them, you know doing denial of service attacks to different places, right? Yeah. You know, so your baby monitor connected to your Wi-Fi and your internet could get your internet shut down just because of that. So it's That's just right. this, it's just this, it's even crazy. the baby monitor people have to worry about how do I update firmware? How do I update the devices to keep things uh, secure? That's right. Yeah. That's right. 
All right, moving on to VMware and uh, you know what we've been doing in the market. So I'll first talk about you know 2016, 2017. How have we positioned ourselves? Where are we at from a product perspective? I know we've been doing thought leadership mm-hmm. in this space, and you know we have obviously AirWatch and some mobile management capabilities. What was the footprint in 2017? What was our strategy? Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so VMware made a, a very strategic decision about actually two years ago that we're going to focus on infrastructure, that we're not going to go and buy a big data company and we're not going to actually build applications because that is not what we've done in the past and we want to stick to our expertise. Go Pat Gelsinger. Go Pat. <laughs> and so I love, yeah, so we put together a strategy that said we are going to go after IoT infrastructure and because this is a new complex you know, um, different types of use cases requiring different types of devices. We're actually going to build an entire new business unit and new solutions to meet those specific needs. Our current solutions are not made for IoT specifically. Some of them will be great, but we need to actually expand the capabilities to be able to really work in enterprise IoT. And so we built out a small business unit, and the first step is to manage, monitor, and secure IoT infrastructure and connected devices. So, you know, we took the concept of AirWatch, and if you look at our history, you know, we are very good at managing virtual machines in the data center. We're very good at monitoring the production systems and making sure they're up 99.9% of the time. And we also, you know, invested in AirWatch and we're the leaders in managing devices that are now out in the field. And so we're extending that expertise to now have these new solutions that manage, monitor, and secure these, you know, um, edge systems, I'll call them. And the way I define edge systems are gateways that can be um, on, you know, factory walls, on, you know, hospital walls. They can be in oil rigs. They can be pretty much anywhere. Or they can be embedded inside things. But it is compute infrastructure and their connected things or sensors. Um, And what we've decided is, We want one console. We're staying our traditional kind of Switzerland approach where we can support any operating system, any type of network protocols, uh, any type of hardware. And we want to be the one management console across all of these types of devices. We don't just want to be the management. We realize because these are unmanned and, you know, uh, remote locations oftentimes in many of them, we also need to monitor them to make sure that they are up and running and doing more Interesting. So um, even the, the acquisitions like Wavefront, where you're actually pulling large amounts of these data in, can play into that role. Developers can play into that role. Sure, she's smiling. She's like, no, don't ask that, Eric. That's <laughs> no, not no, true, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, I'll always throw. I'll throw always always throw a, a happy comment for Wavefront and Bill Roth because yeah. he, he comes on a lot. Uh, so manage, monitor, and secure. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and new business unit to support this activity. Do you guys have engineers working on stuff? Absolutely. So we are about, gosh, we might be up to maybe 75, you know, maybe 50 engineers, so to speak. Ish, whatever. Um, We're marketing. We make those numbers up. So don't don't, Um, don't, don't buy stock based on that. Yeah, no, we don't want to buy stock. But we do have a whole team of engineers. And we are building the first product has already gone general availability. So it's called Pulse IoT, VMware Pulse IoT Center. Uh, And that's the first step in our journey to uh, take on the IoT infrastructure uh, strategy for VMware, and the next step you want me to take you on next 
Well, well let's in. let's just do Pulse IoT Center okay. for a minute, right? Let's so so we did have a, somebody on the chat, so I'll, I'll respond to the chat people. Somebody wanted to know where did the Pulse name come from, right? And so you know we'll throw that in first. How do we end up with Pulse? I assume that's just a brand, right? I tried to answer them. I think Zimmer it's just a brand. Pulse is a new brand for all of our IoT solutions. I came up with it at dinner one night with my husband nice. and family, <laughs> and said, you know what? We're keeping the Pulse on these devices. We're going to make sure that they have a Pulse. Right. <laughs> We're going to make sure the pulse is at the right level um and i thought that you know it, it's just a it's just a new brand that vmware wants to take on because we're going to go after so IoT. so honest to god that was not a softball thrown over the home plate for you to hit out of the park right i didn't know that you created the brand so i would literally that was in the chat stream oh, cool. uh you know yeah. and somebody asked, Graham asked me, it. so i had to ask where did it come yeah. from um so cool great i, li- I like it you know, the devices have pulses, right? And we have to manage the pulses. And, and, you know, that's we cool. had many names we were considering. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. Okay, so now we'll get back on to manage, monitor, and secure. So we have, and then Pulse IoT Center. So um, is this uh, HTML5-based uh, environment that I'm going to be able to run just like a vCenter environment? Is it a plug-in to vCenter? Why don't you talk a little bit about what that guy is? So it is offered on-prem, and when you have it on-prem, it does run on vSphere and vCenter. Uh, we will be offering kind of bundle solutions to make that even easier. Okay. Uh, of the future, we will be offering our SaaS offering as well, so as a service. But we also have many service providers that will be offering this as a managed service. So if a customer wants it as a service, they can go to our uh, hosting providers. Uh, and then you've got two pieces. You've got the agent, which will run on the actual IoT device out in the field. Uh, and that is called Leota, actually, is Little IoT Agent. I did not make up that name, by the way. It's a great name, I think. What is the name? Uh, Leota. Leota. Okay, Little cool. IoT Agent, it stands oh, for. Nice. It's an that open nice. source. It's a good one, I think. So open source SDK. So it's on GitHub. It's available. And the idea is that it is you can write orchestration applications to get data out of sensors or out of things and send it to where you want to go. And you can do that freely using this agent we use the agent for three things. We use it to authenticate and encrypt the device itself. We use it to proxy the sensors that are connected to that device. We use it to collect telemetry from that device because we're watching the operational health. We're kind of more the infrastructure layer, making sure that those devices that are collecting data on the application plane are healthy and doing what they're supposed to be doing. So uh, we collect the telemetry. And then thirdly, we manage the software lifecycle of that device, we, we push software down to Leota, and Leota executes the software onto the device uh, to make sure patches, firmware updates, uh, applications are run on the device properly. Nice, nice. So, so that's that, the agent. That's yeah. the agent. And yep. then they've got the console side, which is you know just your traditional application that sits in the cloud or on-prem uh, that has um, a UI that's meant for both OT, so the people in the field, the operations people that need to make sure that if they're on the rig, that these devices are working, and IT to have complete visibility and control over all their IoT projects across their company. So they have smart surveillance, and they have smart factory, and maybe smart parking, and all sorts of different projects that will all be uh, happening. It sounds weird now, but that will absolutely happen. It already is in many of our customers. Uh, Then we'll be able to uh, provide IT with, they'll know things are secure, and they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do, just like they monitor the data centers today. 
The IoT uh, uh, Leota is it ARM based? Is that uh, what it runs on? Leota can, is um, it open runs, source. It's Pi- well, today it? it's it's Python open source. It's, okay. it's written in Python. Right. Um, we are going to be writing a C version because it's we've been asked for automotive manufacturers and others to do that, and um, it can run on ARM based devices or Intel. It doesn't matter. We're yeah, if it's Python, then it's right. then that's yeah. not. Uh, but then if you're building a C compiled version, then you'll do a couple I assume. Right. Nice, nice. So I'm just making sure I follow along with this. Uh, so authenticate and encrypt, collect telemetry, and then pass up data for management. Right? Uh, and then we're not in the data business, so we're gonna we're gonna move that data around. I assume too. We have interfaces to get that data to you know to your big data warehouses. I assume. That's right. So with Leota, you can actually use Leota for your data orchestration tool into your application plane. The data that we're collecting is very much for Pulse IoT Center for the infrastructure plane. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And when did that go out? So you said GA. So I haven't heard anything about it. So I'm like, yeah, wow. So okay, this is why it. we have people. We've you know, got great content out there. It's, so we are on websites. We're on the solutions website, the product website. Um, we've we've got in the industry websites. We've got great content out there. No matter what industry you're from, you can have. There's white papers and videos and all sorts of things. Um, this went GA January 18th. So it's very fresh. Uh, um, but right. we did. We kind of we didn't go big on our GA announcement, but we went big on our beta announcement, which was last summer. Nice. So you've been running a beta for a year. For, um, for six, for six months. months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Half a year. My bad. Um, and it's out. It's available. Um, we I guess beta might have been at VMworld last year then, or maybe we talked about it yeah, at it was, VMworld. It was, it was a little before VMworld. So okay. June, I think. Yeah, so June there. So yeah. we're getting that in. Uh, and then, and that makes sense. The the management console makes sense. So I think I've, I've got the Pulse IoT Center thing defined, and you're, you're managing that. When we talk about uh, management, so d- do you guys get into deploying new payloads down to these devices mm-hmm. if they can accept the payload? So, Absolutely. Um, you know anything about that? How are they? How are they? How are they deploying bits down to these things? Are they tar filing things? Are they zipping things? What's the? Are they, are they obviously sending encrypted packets. Do you know anything? You don't have to know that because we're just here to. There, so it is packets, uh, and then Leota takes the bits and executes on the packet. Okay, um, so just delivers them. Yeah, they deliver. They the encrypt file. them, send them down. They have a, a the Leota agent has a you know a serial communication protocol with decrypts and installs. That's right. And a right. really interesting use case is we are working with an automotive manufacturer today and we are, you know, building prototypes with our connected car. Uh, and with that particular use case, we are not only updating the head unit of the car, which is like our main gateway or compute, but we're actually with the partner, we are pushing updates down to the ECU level, which is the sensor level. So with partners, you know, if it's a brake partner, you know, they're in charge of the brakes, you know, they obviously have the, need the right software for brakes, and then we can deliver that down to the, the ECU responsible for the brakes or whatever uh, particular ECU it is. I was at VMworld last year, and the car vendor was there in the IoT booth, so there was an IoT kind of, you know, showcase of, of things, and I wanted to learn it because I'm like, you know, I get that we're managing virtualization, I mean, <laughs> vSAN, virtual storage, virtual networking, but when it came to, you know, you know, air conditioning units and car stuff in big buildings and all of, all the IoT kind of stuff, I want to understand that. So I did run into the car vendor, and they were, it was pretty interesting to talk to them and all the challenges that you're outlining here that they're, that, that they're addressing with VMware, you know, VMware technology. Yeah, and I just want to make a statement about why would VMware be doing this? And if you look at VMware's history, we have been software-defining 
things. We first software-defined servers. We then software-defined network and switches. And, you know, um, we are not necessarily software-defining these things. We are helping our customers to do that, and then we are, you know, helping to support that as they do it. And, you know, as we evolve, we absolutely see virtualization going on things as well. We already have a partner in the HVAC uh, business uh, for facility management, and they have a virtualized HVAC system and that's using 